Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Line Out podcast. Uh, this will be coming to you in two installments. The first one, this one, will be talking about the uh, rugby championship match between Australia and New Zealand on Saturday, which is also the second round of the Bledisloe Cup, but uh, for them is actually kicking off their rugby championship campaign. And the second episode will also be talking about South Africa and Argentina, who will be kicking off their uh rugby championship campaign this Saturday in South Africa. But yeah, this one, first and foremost, up is uh, Australia and New Zealand once again uh, at Eden Park, like last weekend. So you got the whole uh, Fortress Eden Park for Australia to deal with. And uh, yeah, like we talked about last week, not an easy thing for them to do. Uh, The record of New Zealand at Eden Park uh, has been pretty epic. Uh, nobody's beaten them there since 1994. That was the French. And Australia haven't beat uh, New Zealand at Eden Park since 1986. So, is history going to get rewritten on Saturday? The form book would tend to indicate no. Uh, but, uh, as everybody knows, it's a long time. A week is a long time in Test Rugby. And, uh, you know, New Zealand ultimately, I think, won comfortably last weekend, but uh, there was some work to do, and I think they're very aware of that, and they know that uh, Australia is going to bring, uh, they're going to step up the intensity this weekend. They have everything to play for, uh, and it's for certainly for Australia, It's uh, this is a make-or-break game. They have to win this game. So, yeah, a lot to play for for both sides, but... Uh, I would argue definitely the pressure is more on Australia than New Zealand. Australia have everything to prove. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think it's going to make for a very, very interesting test match. So, as Australia head into this match, they're coming off the back of a loss to New Zealand last week. Um, look, let's face it, they did not get whitewashed by New Zealand last week. Uh, 33-25, that's a respectable scoreline. Uh, Australia lost by uh, just over a converted try. So, you know, it's it's not really the end of the world. Um, they played, a th- I thought, a very good final quarter. Uh, they really seemed to actually come alive in that final quarter. It's just a shame they, they didn't have that energy, that creativity, that basic execution for the first uh, hour of the match. So, yeah, that, that, that was unfortunate. But... Uh, yeah, I think Australia have a lot of work to do. That Wallaby side, so it's a very young and inexperienced side compared to um, the the All Black side that they're going up against. So, you know, they they have a, they really do have their work cut out for it. New Zealand's a much more established, settled side. You know, there's still some young blood in there, but not nearly, I think, to the extent uh, that you're looking at with the Wallabies. So tough for the Wallabies, you know, they, they, they've, they've got all the work to do and their, their work is really cut out for them. So, you know, experienced old backside, the factor of Eden Park, et cetera, et cetera, coming off a loss will be in a narrow one. But then I think if you go into the game last weekend, you look at some of the stats and a lot of the same problems we've seen with Australian rugby come to the fore. Some of the basics, you know, execution of the basics at times was poor defensively they look shaky and suspect in some areas so yeah uh you know new zealand just you know they they did enough to get the job done there's more in the tank definitely and there's more polish to come i think that's really all new zealand need to do 
they, you know, they, they looked a bit shaky at times. Uh, you know, Australia have had the advantage going into the coming into the rugby championship off the back of that three match uh, series with France, in which I think they acquitted themselves well. But you know, it was it was a hard fought series. It was an excellent series. I mean, I. Uh, like I said last week, I enjoyed every minute of it. It was, in, in many ways, it was a lot more enjoyable to watch uh, than the Lions series with South Africa. But yeah, so, you know, in, in some ways, Australia was a lot more battle-hardened than New Zealand. New Zealand had played Tonga, which was a bit of a non-event, sadly. And then those two tests against Fiji, where, you know, Fiji put them through their paces, but, you know, ultimately New Zealand came away comfortable winners. So... You know, I think they met Australia last weekend, and it was a bit of uh, a bit of a step up. And you know, there were some chinks in the armor, but uh, I think there's also enough quality there that all of those chinks can be fairly easily addressed in the space of a week. So yeah, it's it's uh, New Zealand to tighten up, but Australia with all the work to do. If you look at the stats for last week, I think as well that, like a lot of people have said, it it takes away a little bit from from the closeness of that scoreline uh and if anything it it highlights that you know new zealand weren't quite you know running on firing at all cylinders but they were still a pretty slick engine whereas australia barring that last sort of 10 minute surge at the end you know they they lost too much in the game's opening hour to to they they were essentially playing catch-up rugby they did a very good job of it in the last 15 minutes but they were playing catch-up rugby and they don't want to be in that position this weekend but it does make for some interesting stats if you look at possession for example and we're just going to go through some basic stats here but possession 54 percent uh overall in favor of the wallabies um compared to 46 for new zealand but again it's a tale of two halves new zealand got a lot of the work they needed done albeit a little bit rustily at, at times and, and perhaps not to the level of execution they would have liked, but they got all their work done essentially in the first half comfortably enough that they didn't really have to sweat too much in the second half. So, you know, if you break it down by the half, 57% possession for New Zealand in the first half compared to 43. And then, you know, Australia without a late surge, it was 62% in favor of them compared to 38% for New Zealand. But New Zealand has still got the job done in the first hour uh the territory stats again it, it overall it actually favors australia 58 percent compared to 42 for new zealand but again new zealand did more with what they had uh and again very much a tale of two halves 59 percent uh territory for new zealand in the first half compared to 41 for australia but then it swings around 68 percent for australia in the second half compared to only 32 percent for new zealand in the second half but again it's because of the foundation that was laid by New Zealand, albeit with a with a few hiccups along the way in the first half to essentially get the job done. Interesting enough, tr tries, four apiece. Uh, but here again, and this is kind of unfortunate because I thought uh, Noah Lolicio for, for Australia, you know, he's new, he's young. Uh, it was only his fifth cap. Uh, but uh, yeah, he, and you know, there was a hell of a breeze in Auckland. Uh, last Saturday. So he really struggled with the boot. Uh, of seven kicks at goal, he only managed to uh, uh, have success with two of them. So that was that was kind of unfortunate. So yeah, four tries apiece, but 
Australia uh, only was able to convert one of them, whereas New Zealand was able to convert two. And when it came to penalty kicks, uh, you know, New Zealand got three, Australia only got one. So that, that was kind of tough. Uh, run meters, again, it was all kind of about New Zealand, 473 to 307 for Australia. So again, New Zealand were doing more of the work, uh, albeit, again, with, with, with some hiccups along the way, but they, they were going through their processes much, much more coherently than, than Australia. Uh, defenders beaten again. Australia were running rings. Uh, sorry, New Zealand were running rings throughout Australia a little bit there, 24 to 19. And again, it just kind of highlights some of the things we've talked about before that Australian defenses are weak. And uh, that seems to be a bit of a hangover from the whole super rugby thing. Clean breaks. Yeah, New Zealand hands down 11 to 3. Uh, 11 for New Zealand, 3 for Australia. Uh, the gain line battle, it was all about New Zealand more 53 against uh, 45 for Australia. Interestingly enough, Australia were passing the ball a little bit more, uh, but a lot of those passes weren't going to hand, and, and they suffered for that a bit. 123 passes by Australia, only 119 for New Zealand, although only 119, that, you know, compared to 123, it's not really only. It's just... Australia were chucking the ball around a little bit more, but their execution on it was was not as good. Uh, they were offloading the ball more than New Zealand, but again, the execution there was was a bit of a problem. Turnovers won. Uh, Australia were, were good. They were competitive in the rucks and malls, and uh, they were able to turn the ball over. Uh, they turned the ball over seven times compared to three for New Zealand, but by the same token, I think Australia also allowed themselves to get bogged down a lot more than New Zealand did. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and they won more of their rucks. 71 for Australia, 61 for New Zealand. So, you know, it's not all gloom and doom. Uh, you know, Australia were doing some things well. They just weren't doing enough of them well enough, often enough. I think that was the issue. Uh, defense, again, kind of a little bit more of a mirror image of, of what you saw in Super Rugby Trans-Tasman. Uh, tackles made, 121 by Australia, 112 by New Zealand, but tackles missed, 24 by Australia, 19 by uh, New Zealand. Set piece and phases, 80% uh, tackle rate, though, for Australia compared to 83 for for New Zealand. Uh, the goal kicking, though, that really let them down. Uh New Zealand much more on target uh, in terms of getting the ball between the uprights. Admittedly, that breeze was a significant concern, but New Zealand were just making a better fist of it. And I think, you know, like I say, Lolisio only getting two out of seven kicks through the posts. He's young, he's new. That was a hell of a breeze. Yeah, Blood is low cup opener. It's a dawn at Eden Park. Give the guy some credit. He, I think he will be a lot better this week. You'll, you'll see. He'll put the effort in, and uh, you know he had a good run of it against France. So, give the guy the benefit of the doubt. Uh, lineouts. Unfortunately, Australia really struggled in the first hour with their their lineouts were were messy. They, yeah, they eighty three percent success rate compared to New Zealand one hundred percent. Uh, for the whole game. So, yeah, Australia's line-out throwing was not great. Uh, they struggled in the line-outs. Their, their 
it, it was just messy for them, whereas New Zealand were very polished, and that's one aspect of, of New Zealand's game that worked really, really well. Uh, and New Zealand has had dominance in the scrum, uh, 83% success rate compared to only 71% for Australia. And Australia did look to be really struggling at scrum time. Uh, New Zealand clearly had the edge on, on them there. The only area where New Zealand really needs to watch is apart from tightening up some of that that execution was was the penalty count. The penalty count against New Zealand was pretty epic last weekend, uh, and it was especially with like seasoned heads like Brody Ritalik giving away a lot of penalties. Um, now I know he's just come back from Japan. He's been out of the All Blacks fold for a little while, but I was really surprised at that uh, because he was really guilty of a lot of, of penalties that. Yeah, you really kind of, you know, given his experience uh, level, you, you kind of have to scratch your head at that one. Again, I think you're not going to see that again this week. You know, he's too good a player, too experienced a player to really see that. But it did really surprise me. Uh, you know, the penalty count for New Zealand, 13 in their own half, uh, as opposed to only four for Australia in their own half. And in the opposition half, five for New Zealand and five for Australia. So it kind of e evens out there. But... Uh, yeah, uh, New Zealand gave away a lot of penalties, and the, the coaching staff will not be happy with it. And it was pretty uncharacteristic for New Zealand. So, yeah, but no yellow cards, no red cards. Uh, so overall, uh, you know, it was a good, clean game. I thought, you know, despite some of the controversy around the the, refer the officiating, uh, all the officials being from New Zealand, I didn't really think that uh, it was poorly officiated. I know we've had so much controversy around officiating as a result of the whole uh, South Africa Lions tour recently, but I couldn't really see too much fault uh, in that. And I, I don't think that uh, Australia can really feel that aggrieved about how the officiating was done, even though the officiating, uh, all the officials were, were Kiwi refs. Um, so I, I don't think there's real grounds for concern, and certainly all the feedback you've seen in the press this week, there's been none of this kind of backlash we saw like from South Africa vis-a-vis -vis refing after the first Lions test. So nice to see that, and uh, all credit to the officials for, for doing a good job, and hopefully more of the same again this weekend. So looking at this, this match this weekend, uh, going through the lineups, uh... Once again, George Bauer uh, for New Zealand in the front row. George Bauer, Cody Taylor, Nepo Lalala. La uh, I thought those guys did a really good job last weekend. Uh, you know, a couple of errors every now and again, a little bit of discipline problems, but overall really good, really strong. I thought George Bauer particularly, being the, the less experienced of the, of the trio, did a really good job. So, uh, yeah, and I expect to see the same, if not tighter, this weekend. Uh, in the locks, in the second row, Brody Retallick, Sam Whitelock. Like I said, really surprised at Retallick giving away as many penalties as he did. Uh, but once again, I, I don't think you're going to see that again this, this weekend. So, uh, And that's that's such a dominant second row pairing, Whitelock and, and Retallick. I mean, could you ask for any more experience in those two? Uh, and both their abilities in, in the set pieces, their abilities in the loose their abilities of affecting turnover, just, just monster men. Uh, how, do you, how do you actually play against that? 
uh, in the back row, I thought, again, barring some rustiness and lack of familiarity and playing with each other, I thought a good outing. Akira Ioanni, uh, Dalton Papali, and uh, Artie Sevilla. Uh, good outing by all three of them. Uh, a couple of discipline issues here and there, but, but overall solid. Uh, and just expect that to be tighter again this weekend. I thought Akira Yanni, he's really shaping up to, to all the hype that's surrounding him. Uh, definitely going to be a player to watch this tournament. In the halfbacks, you saw Aaron Smith get his century last weekend for New Zealand. He was actually, I thought, one of the best players for New Zealand last weekend. You know, he he uh, clearly rose to the occasion of his 100th cap. And, uh, yeah, he... He, he is what he is. He's one of the best in the world, no questions asked. And, uh, yeah, he had a solid game. I don't think New Zealand can feel uh, in the least bit concerned about his performance. Uh, Richie Moanga, again, he, you know, he made a couple of mistakes here and there, but, you know, uh, his try was solid. Uh, I mean, you know, man, that guy's got gas. His eye for opportunity, you know, he was good. He got better and better at controlling the game. He'll he'll need to be tighter this weekend. Uh, I think, you know, he lacked focus on it once or twice. But uh, again, I just I just think it was rustiness at, at this level of competition. Uh, expect again a much better performance from him this weekend. And him and Smith will have clicked again together. So. Yeah, no, no concerns there that I can really see. And his kicking was, was for the most part, pretty solid. Uh, and then uh, going into uh, the centers, uh, this weekend you're going to see uh, uh, Reiko Ioani in the center along with David Avili. I thought David Avili didn't have the best game uh, last weekend. When he was good, he was good. But when he was off, he, he was off. He gave away some silly penalties. Uh, I just didn't feel that he was. It was that that coherent uh, a display. Uh, unfortunately, his partner Anton Leonard Brown is is injured and out for this week. Hence the shift of Yuani to the center. And Yuani on the wings, I didn't really get a lot out of him last week, and I don't think he's a center either. So, yeah, New Zealand. Struggling, I think, a bit with Ioani translating his super rugby form to the test arena. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets on this weekend. Uh, in the back line, Severis, uh, Will Jordan, and Damian McKenzie. I thought Damian McKenzie made his, his usual couple of initial mistakes as he warms up to the championship. But again, you know, at fullback... What a what a talent for New Zealand. No issues there at all. Uh, so dynamic, so unpredictable, good with ball in hand, just uh, somehow avoids tacklers and wriggles out of tackles like nobody's business. He's like a snake. Uh, yeah, just, just terrific. Will Jordan, really excited to see him, though. Uh, Crusaders superstar, uh, try-scoring machine in the Super Rugby uh he's good he's good in defense he's he's got serious gas uh he's going up against marika corabetti that's going to be a really interesting contest those two uh but will jordan yeah he's a sensation he's somebody we're going to see a lot of in this championship 
And Severis, I thought Severis had an okay game. Uh, not amazing. Uh, again, expect to see him better this, this weekend. And uh, yeah, not his best game last weekend. Not his worst game, but not his best game. Uh, and there you have it. So that's that's the lineout. Uh, sorry, the, the, the lineup. On the benches, uh, Big King Carl comes in. Uh, Angus Tavao and Samsioni Tagavao. Uh, yeah, King Carl, you know what you're going to get. Uh, and I think that that's a solid bench replacement for the front row. Scott Barrett comes in uh, for the second row. And uh, Luke Jacobson in the back row. I thought when he came on last weekend, he was really good. Uh, he lived up to the hype surrounding him. So that's exciting. TJ Perinara makes a return for the scrum half position. Uh, yeah, he gets on. And Bowden Barrett, Jordy Barrett, no change from last week. Uh, probably you'll see uh, Barrett uh, replacing Moanga and uh, Jordy, sorry, Bowden Barrett replacing Moanga and Jordy Barrett slotting into the fullback position. Didn't get to see that much from them last week, so it'll be interesting how they get on. Uh, if they get used more in this test. For Australia, James Slipper, Brendan Payanga, Mosa, Alan Alatoa in the front row. That's unchanged from last week. Uh, I didn't think they were that great that's, uh, last week, to be honest. I thought the front row was one of the weak links in Australia. Uh, Australia's effort last weekend. Brendan Payanga, Mosa, Hooker, he really struggled at line-out time. Uh, he got better as the game wore on. But I think, you know, Australia really need him. And I think his form from Super Rugby uh, hasn't quite yet translated to the test test level, although he did have a good series against France. Uh, but, yeah, he's, he seemed to be out of, out of a little bit out of his depth last weekend. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets. He did get better towards the end. But, uh, yeah, and I thought Jordan Ulesi, who was his replacement, I mean, he scored a try. Uh, I'm surprised that given that uh, Coach Dave Rennie isn't switching the two of them up uh, for this one and seeing Ulysses start and uh, Amosa come on. But anyway, we'll see. It'll be interesting. I think obviously if, if Amosa has a bit of a shaky start, you're probably going to see Ulysses much quicker than you did in the match last weekend. In the second row, uh, Darcy Swain keeps his place, and rightly so. I was really impressed with him. I thought he had a really good game, and he's somebody worth watching. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of him in this rugby championship, and he is definitely a rising uh, rising stock for Australia. Matthew Phillip, uh, change up. He's, uh, he comes in starting in the second row, and Lucan Salakai Loto, which surprised me because I thought he also had a really good game last weekend. Not as good as in the series against France. But yeah, so Matthew Phillips starts, and yeah, I think Matthew Phillips got potential, and he certainly made a difference when he came on in the second half towards the end there. A bit of a bit of a discipline gamble with Lachlan Swinton in the back row. Uh, he survived uh, in the third test against France, I had my reservations about him coming in in the back row and starting because he does have a disciplinary record and uh, certainly quite bad this year in Super Rugby. But yeah, he seemed to hold it together and uh, made some useful, put in some useful work for, for the Wallabies. So yeah, maybe it's his physicality and kind of aggression that, that they need, provided it can keep on the right side of the referee's whistle this weekend. Michael Hooper, uh, Again, one or two poor decisions. 
a similar vein to what ran through the, the, the test series against France. But yeah, one or two poor decisions. But overall, once again, good, solid uh, performance from the skipper last weekend. Led from the front. Uh, involved in everything. Expect more of the same again this weekend. Rob Valentini, they shift him to number eight. Uh, yeah, they're they're going to need him to take on Artie Sevilla. I think actually the, the contest between him and Sevilla is going to be really interesting because they're both they're both live wires. I think Sevilla's been more of a live wire, but uh, yeah, uh, Valentini's Valentini's an interesting player. He's he's certainly a, a guy to watch. Halfback pairing of Tate McDermott, Noah Lillacio. Like we said in the blog, I think they just need time to breathe. They're like a, a young a young wine. Uh, give them more time to breathe. They're they're the business. Uh, I thought Tate McDermott offered a lot more as a starting scrum half than uh, Jake Gordon did in the French series. So I think it was the right call. Uh, he's just green. That's all. And the same with Lillacio. I thought Lillacio had a good game, apart from his goal-kicking issues. Uh, you know, as, as the game wore on, and especially once Tamua came into the centers with, uh, and he had Tamua alongside him, he seemed to just his game seemed to his confidence grew. He seemed more comfortable, and even you know, for for much of the game, he didn't look awed by the fact that here he is playing the Old Black City Park. So all credit to him, and I think he's only going to get better. And this, I think that pairing's the future for Australia. So good to see them getting the start. Uh, in the backs, starting off with the centers, you got Matt Tamua. He gets a start this week as, as opposed to starting on the bench. I think that's the right decision because he certainly seems to complement Lolisio and settle Lolisio, and Lolisio seems more confident with him uh, in the center channel. So, so that's that's good. I think that's that's uh, the right call by Coach Dave Rennie. Uh, Hunter Paisami. He stays in the centers, uh, gets staying started, starting. I thought he had a good game for the most part. He made some silly errors, uh, particularly in the first half of the game. Uh, but, yeah, overall not bad. I think he's, he's worth sticking with. Uh, and then in the wings, you've got Marika Karabaiti comes back after his disciplinary uh, little incident there. Uh, Australia's a different side with him on the pitch. Uh, I still think defensively there's there's quite a few question marks around him, and the, the contest between him and Will Jordan is going to be absolutely fascinating on Saturday. But, uh, yeah, as, as a ball carrier, as a runner, uh, as a guy whose who's passing ability and offloading ability are just a really real quality, quick thinking, Australia are going to be a different side with him on the pitch. There's no question about it. So it'll be good to see him. And if he can shore up some of his defensive frailties, which seem to be a hit and miss thing, you know, one game he's, he's solid and the next he's not. Be interesting to see how he can contain Will Jordan. Fascinating. Uh, Andrew Kellaway's on the other wing. Uh, I kind of didn't really rate him going into last weekend's match, but yeah, he scored a try for Australia. It was a hell of a good try. Uh, Good player, yeah. Let's let's watch him. Let's let's see what he can do. Uh, up against Severis, big challenge there, but uh, slightly different play styles, the two of them. But yeah, interesting to see how he gets on. And lastly, Tom Banks. You know, his execution on a lot of the basics in last weekend's game was not good, but he did score two tries. Um, he, yeah, I just sense sometimes he's over eager and he 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 
acts before he thinks. Uh, and like I say, some of his work under the high ball can, can be a bit sketch, but yeah, when he's, when he's got speed up and when he's, he's given a head of steam, he's, he's an exciting player. I think just some of his execution, the basics is, is not as good as it could be in some of his decision-making, but again, that's only going to get better during the championship. So a bit like the halfback thing, you know, he's still relatively new to the whole wallet B setup. So, uh, yeah, give, give him his, give him his credit and let him, let him, let him run with it. Uh, on the bench, like I say, Jordan Alessi uh, as Panga Amosa's replacement. If Amosa's not having a good day, expect to see him sooner rather than later. Uh, I thought he had a very, very good game last weekend, and he was a real impact player. Scott Seo makes a return. Um, and uh, Taniela Tupo. Well, Tupo needs no introduction. Again, an impact player. If things aren't going well for the Wallabies, expect to see him sooner rather than later. Uh, Lucan Salakayaloto, I thought he didn't have a the best game. He was much better in the French series. Uh, but yeah, uh, let's see how he gets on. Uh, I think it's the right call to have Philip starting, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Harry Wilson, uh, he is for this one. He's on the bench. Again, a real impact player. If uh, Australia are within, within it, in it with a chance come the last quarter, yeah, I expect him to really make a difference there. Nick White, return to Nick White at scrum half from injury. Uh, I think it's the right call, uh, even if he was super match fit, to start him on the bench and give uh, McDermott the starting shot. He needs that time. And then Lynn Ikatao and Reese Hodge. Didn't really see all that much from Hodge last weekend. And Ikatao, I thought he, he had an okay game, but nothing, nothing hugely impressive. So, yeah, should be a great game. Lots to look forward to. And uh, enjoy the match. And we'll be back soon with the Springboks and the Pumas. Till then, take care, everyone. Thanks for listening.